episode 42 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian. I was too sick last week to bother doing a podcast. <coughs> Hello! And Matt. Fuck Ian, we'll do it without him to sound. Oh, did, did we start already? <laughs> it is February 10th, and tonight we are going to get into all of the comic book news that we missed while our little baby was... Resting and healing up, trying to feel better. From his hangnail. You feeling better? Are you ready to go? I'm I'm ready to go. I'm re-energized. Boy, did I miss podcasting last week. You sound crisp. On my deathbed with uh, all different kinds of ailments. I said, please, God, just let just one more time. Let me podcast one more time. <laughs> we knew that it was not... Okay, you were not okay when we were like, okay, well, we'll do it tomorrow. And you were calling off, like, for the next day already. You're like, oh, fucking record. I had shingles. Yes, an old man's disease. I'd like to say that it's, like, fine wine. It's a, it's an aged, sophisticated disease. Is that contagious, by the way? It is not. Thank if you Christ. already had chicken pox, you have it dormant in your body. Mm. I had bronchitis for two months straight. I remember that. So. And your podcasting just, has suffered as a result. But now that I'm on the mend, I am, I'm ready to go. It wasn't even the shingles that made me so sick. It was the medication threw up for numerous days. So now I'm back. I'm energized. I feel good. I look better. So, okay. Your shirt looks good. I have a Superman shirt on. Might talk some Superman tonight. Nobody knows. Probably going to talk some Superman tonight. But before we talk Superman, we like to get two weeks worth of housekeeping out of this episode. Dust that shit off. If you're like me, then you were sick last week. (laughs) Laying on the couch, near death, your life was flashing before your eyes. What brought you back from the edge of sickness and death? (laughs) It was mixsauce.com. <laughs> While you're throwing up on Monday, you went and you checked out Paul's reviews, his lengthy, beefy reviews. Robust. Robust reviews Critical. of all all the DC comic books that a child hey. could <laughs> Hey. I read some Marvel books. And there was and there was one this last week. It was X-Men number ten. It was very deceiving because it had a big number one on the cover. Because Marvel doesn't seem to know if they're coming or going right now. Marvel does misdirection. That's what they do. On Tuesday, you felt a little better. Went on there. You checked out some strips. And on Wednesday, well, you were let down because there was no (laughs) podcast. But typically, Wednesday is the day that we have the podcast on there. You could have complained. You could have went to Facebook and wrote us... Uh, a scathing letter telling us, I wanted my McSauce on Wednesday and you didn't have it for me and you didn't even give me a warning that you were going to call off sick. You could do that. You could go on iTunes and you could review it and give us a bad review but five stars about our um, not being on schedule, not fulfilling the promise that we gave you as uh, fans of the McSauce comic book I'm not comfortable with this um, we don't fulfill me. You could call Ian Sharpley out on this and said he's faking it. So please go to iTunes, rate, review. You can find it also on Podomatic. 
and Stitcher Radio. And, yeah, feedback's always good. We like that kind of stuff. Uh, some of our friends, some of the things that helped revive me were podcasts. I like to listen to podcasts while I'm sipping tea and... The old man's drink yeah. to go with your old man's disease. Riding on my typewriter right after I caught the trolley. Podcasts that I typically listen to. I want to be next to a fire. A fireside chat. And this week on a fireside chat... It's a vintage episode with Artie, the one-man party, Sinclair. Artie gets a little serious this week. Talks some religion and politics and conspiracy theories. Um, if you were let down by not being able to hear my voice, you don't have to worry because I was on another podcast. Party whoa, in- whoa, 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 oh, whoa. Oh, you don't know about this? <clears throat> you were not well enough to do the McSauce comic book podcast. I was you- not. But you were well enough to do somebody else's podcast? Three weeks ago, actually. Three I, weeks ago? Three weeks ago, I recorded a bunch of episodes for another podcast that I'm on, Party and Bullshit. Yeah, I don't know if I like like sharing you with other, with other podcasts. There's enough of me to go around. I don't know. Artie Sinclair. How do you feel about it, Paul? Ian's like our black Kevin Smith. He likes to talk. Yeah. I do like yeah. to talk a lot. So if you missed out on hearing me here... Or maybe you're just sick of me talking about comic books here. You can listen to me, as well as Duffy, Artie, (laughs) Billy, uh, Blue, and Greg. And we had special guest Matt Caldwell on Party and Bullshit. You can find it at partyandbullshit.libsing.com. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash partyandbullshitpodcast. Um, Rate and review as well. And uh, tell us what you like there. And without further ado, because you've waited so long, you've waited two whole weeks, let's get into some comic book news, some comic book movie trailer updates. We had some casting news to talk about, as well as uh, some comic book Superman news. So a whole plate of things for you to hear tonight, fans. Matt, is there a particular place you'd like to start tonight? Well, I don't hear plates. I, I eat off of a plate. This is, it, it, it's an audible plate. You can listen. Uh, these are... Oh, these are those spinning plates, right? Spinning they, plates. These are um, feasts for your ears. And you just cram that good, delicious podcast information right into your ear. Nice. But you, you have to have a plate for it, though. Audible plate. Ear plate. Ear plate. Okay. What? Damn it, Matt. <laughs> Where do you want to start? We have a whole bunch of shit to talk about. Why don't, why, don't, why don't I tell Matt where he wants to start? Because he was damn excited about the latest Spider- Amazing Spider-Man trailer. The latest Spider-Man trailer. I was really, really excited when I saw it. Because my... Uh, going polynomics here. Uh, my excitement for the new Spider-Man was at about a a four? Now why is that? Just because you don't like his head? Andrew Garfield's head to be... Andrew Garfield's the entire package really. You don't Um, like his package. What's wrong with his dick? Get your mind out of the gutter. That's not what I'm talking about. I was talking about his performance... His look, um, 
his delivery just wasn't exactly up to my my personal standards. Now, beyond that, I didn't think the the Amazing Spider-Man was all that great of a movie. Um, but so my expectation my expectations were low for the Amazing Spider-Man too. My um, my excitement was probably even less because I was pretty down on it. I keep saying, though, I am going to rewatch it because maybe I'll like it better a second time. I have not seen it twice yet. So um, I would I would say that my my expectations were probably about a three because I was I was left feeling really just kind of eh after the first one. Yeah, it was pretty low. Now. Those figures have changed significantly since I saw the latest trailer because I think they've really injected a lot of um, personality, trademark Spider-Man personality and charm that he has in the comic books, which to me has never been achieved in any of the any of the four fil- feature films that that they've done. This one in particular, I feel like this trailer. It's an extended trailer. I think it's about three and a half minutes. <clears throat> I feel like this particular trailer shows more wisecracking, funny personality in Spider-Man than any of the four movies combined. Like, this looks really, really good. Um, I, I do have concerns that there's too many villains and, you know, it's going to be a bit of a jumbled mess in that regard but it seems like when it comes right down to it i like spider-man because i like that character not necessarily because of certain plot lines yeah that's great but the character is the core and it feels to me like they are kind of spot on now with this that character trailer made me laugh out and twice. It, it, yeah <clears throat> me too and and even andrew garfield outside of the costume visually doesn't look as kind of goofy as he did in the first one um Lots of hair in the first movie that made his head just look gigantic. It did. Hydrocephalic, even. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo action figure circa 1977. Wobbly head. Mm-hmm. I don't see less hair here. It looks like the same amount of hair from this particular still. No, it's a little, it's a little, little tighter around the sides and the back. It is. I'll have to take your words for it, guys. <laughs> But this trailer, he's he's cracking wise, just like he would do in the comic book. He seems totally likable. I love the interaction with Peter and Aunt May. Um, it it looks great. I will say that um, Gwen Stacy in this trailer makes one face the entire trailer. I don't know if anybody noticed, and it's just kind of like I, I know that this is not good radio for you guys, but it looks like this. The whole time. It's just kind of this nondescript kind of mouth ajar kind of um, semi-worried look on her face that is pretty much in every single shot of her in the trailer. I think she smiles and laughs with Peter oh, in this may- trailer. Okay, maybe once. But obviously I'm exaggerating uh, to, to make my point, but she just seems like a, a set piece almost for this. Hmm. Now... Isn't it going to be hard to make her not a set piece with all these villains that they're cramming in? 
this I would hope sense not. of storyline. See, here's the thing. It's a good thing they cut if, out uh, Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane because it doesn't. It really doesn't look like there was room for her after all. If this movie is going to be Gwen Stacy's final Spider-Man movie, and if she bites it the way that she spoilers the way she does in the comic books, gasp, um, where Spider-Man accidentally murders her. Uh, which would you have a problem if Spider-Man doesn't accidentally murder her? No, movie? no, I would not have a problem with that. Uh, would I have a problem with it if they didn't kill her off? Yeah, probably. In I, this one? Yeah. What if they wait till three? I guess you could, um, but I think you can, you know, you've already established her in the first one. You made her pretty damn likable. Um, hopefully they can take that even further in this one, although I do have concerns that she's going to be kind of relegated to less screen time because we've got to get Rhino in, we got to get the Hobgoblin in, we got to get Electro in, and we got to get make sure we show uh, Norman Osborn and make sure we show Captain Harry Stacey. Osborn and Captain State. Well, he's dead. He's dead. But <clears throat> flashbacks. <laughs> maybe maybe Arthur Stacy will show up. I don't know, Who? but Arthur George, George's brother. Mm. Um also um BJ Novak is uh the the Spider Slayer guy. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. that that's got to be like... Alistair opening, Smythe. That's got to be like opening credits, get you into the movie type stuff. Maybe. You know, they open on him already fighting this guy, they beat him up in the first 15 minutes, and then you're on to the well, isn't the, the Spider-Slayer guy kind of a behind-the-scenes? Yes. Where he's putting together things to come combat Spider-Man. So I don't think that that's going to be an opening... You know, just cannon fodder, fodder-ish villain at all. I think that's going to be somebody that might have some importance, actually. You think he's going to be responsible for putting together the Sinister Six? I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll be like a, 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 a number uh, the, the functioning part of Norman Osborn putting together the Rhino and Electro and, and to go after Spider-Man. Maybe he'll be sort of in that capacity. I mean, I don't know. It's all speculation. What is the but. deal with the Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin or whatever mm. the hell that thing is? What is that? Do we know? Has that been confirmed yet? No. I mean, Nothing's been confirmed. What do you guys suspect? I feel like it's probably Hobgoblin. I think we're going to see another really terrible Goblin-style character. Why is it that they can't get the Goblin-style character right? Do you think that they're just afraid to put somebody in that 1960s yeah. outfit. I Can't do. we update that that at all? Yeah, someone, like, someone in Hollywood <laughs> is terrified of the classic Goblin costume. Alex Ross did um, kind of like costume designs for a Spider-Man feature. I don't know if they were meant to actually be anything, but this was back before um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies came out. <clears throat> And they were actually really cool designs, and they were definitely takes on the comic book, but they were a little more gruesome. Yeah, why can't they do this? It's a very Halloween makeup with a hood, and it's tattered. He has a sword, and um, it's, it kind of has a medieval look to it. <clears throat> he has a glider. Why can't they do something similar to this? It looks it looks like it fits the character as well as isn't as silly and comical as maybe the 1960s one would play 
on the silver screen today. Yeah, we don't. Like, that might be Dane DeHaan. It might be. I can't imagine it's going to be Chris Cooper. Whoever it is, it, lo- it looks like they have blonde hair. Yeah, it looks like it looks like James Franco in Spider-Man 3. Kind of, yeah. And that's really disappointing. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> and, I mean, James Franco in Spider-Man 3 never even was a villain. He Well, nobody... You couldn't even call him the Green Goblin or the Hob... Did he call himself the Hobgoblin? I don't think <clears throat> so. He just was there and used used that technology. So... Yeah, I, I don't know why they can't <coughs> make something like this work. Uh, you know, it, it it does have elements of like medieval and some pouches, some scaly armor. I think that you could make a, a prosthetic and a makeup that would make this thing look creepy, and it, it, it would work. I agree. I think, I, I don't know if you guys are as big on it as I am, but I actually really like the way Electro looks in this movie. I like the blue. I think it's kind of cool. I like that he's colorful and not just yeah. I all mean, it's black not, with, like... But it's not surprising that they went that direction, you know? I mean, like, they couldn't, again, they couldn't do the 1960s classic right, Electro uniform. Right, but I would have expected them to go a little more Ultimate Spider-Man Electro rather than this kind of more colorful don't it almost feels like it's out of a joel schumacher joint yeah yeah he's got a little uh schwarzenegger's uh mr freeze in him yes he does but with that said i mean jamie fox is a slightly better actor than schwarzenegger (laughs) so he might be able to pull this off a little more convincingly how dare you schwarzenegger is a great actor Schwarzenegger's great at comedy. Isn't... But you say that, but Batman and Robin was... That was comedy. And he was bad at that. That's fair. That was not an intentional comedy. That Batman and Robin wasn't intentionally supposed to be funny. Every, every one of Freeze's lines were zingers. Those were supposed to he be He didn't have funny. a straight line of dialogue in the entire movie. They were... I, I realize that and I agree with you, but I don't think they were meant to be like, haha, get it? Isn't that hilarious? I just think they were one-liners. If it's campy, then is it, it not intentionally supposed to be humorous? Arnold Schwarzenegger is better in a traditional comedy, like Kindergarten Cop or Jingle All the Way. But he's like, the stri- because he's the straight man to all the things around him in those movies where he was so. He was trying to be funny in Batman and Robin. I don't know if he was trying to be funny so much as they were... Or Jingle All the Way at all. What's that? He's not the straight man in Twins or Jingle All the Way. He's not? No. He's not the straight man to Danny DeVito? No, they're both fucking goofy in that movie. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Who's the straight guy? Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels? (laughs) That's true. Spider-Man 2. Well, more importantly, what is Schwarzenegger's best comedy? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go jingle all the way every time. Because True Lies isn't really a comedy. No, it's an action movie. Right, it's an action comedy with a lot of funny parts. Yeah, a lot of funny parts. I would say yes, a lot of funny parts. Yeah, between Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold, fine stuff. There, there is not an action sequence in that movie that doesn't have humor to it. 
and there's a lot of action. This okay. this this second trailer for Amazing Spider-Man looks so good. Does it look amazing? It looks amazing, despite me being totally disinterested in the Rhino or Jamie Foxx's Electro. Um, my excitement for both of those characters is probably a two. I was interested in Jamie Foxx as Electro. Not the Rhino at all. I'm still out with the Rhino. I don't care. I, I don't see how it's going to work. It feels like they're just smashing characters into a movie to me. Yeah. But I think Electro is going to be pretty cool. A lot of room for improvement. A lot of room to impress me. So. What's interesting is to think about, yes, if they do actually kill Gwen Stacy in this movie, who is going to kill her? In the comic books, it's the Green Goblin. They have that option in this. I suppose, but it's pretty clear that the main antagonist in this movie is Electro. Yeah. I, maybe that's why they won't, you know, they're, it's set up for the third one. Maybe. Is there a definitive that there's going to be three of these movies? Do we have an opening for four? I know that they want to expand <coughs> Spider-Man universe, but maybe they'll make four of these movies. Who Who knows? It doesn't have. It's that's, not set in stone been, though. It's a that's trilogy. been part of the talks from uh, Mark Webb and Sony that like they're looking, they're looking down the line with this. Yeah. Well, they kind of have to if they want to keep the Spider-Man franchise because they have to keep. Ma- I believe it's one every five years or it goes to Marvel. Right, but they're not. They're not looking at it as say, all right, trilogy done, then we'll reboot it again. They're True. Looking, looking at, but we can keep this story going with yeah. these. Agreed. Agreed. However, if they were, because they are at some point gonna gonna get if they decide they're gonna reboot it again so soon, people might really be like, "Oh, I don't know, man. Like, y- you got to get me with this particular franchise and just kind of keep that rolling because people are gonna get so fucking tired of these reboots." And I hope Marvel's listening, yeah. and I know that you are. I think that they could probably go a good a good decade with this cast. Uh, they're fairly, you know, <clears throat> Spider-Man Andrew Garfield is fairly young. I think that he could carry the, this role for another handful of years here. Um, you know, just like Hugh Jackman has been able to embody Wolverine for so many of us that love that character and his hype. Yeah, Andrew Garfield's got a, a really good thing going on. I saw I, I you. I think they need to kill Gwen Stacy in this one. I think they can keep her around for another well, movie. By the way, I saw you out of my the corner of my eye. You're hilarious. I don't know why you weren't looking directly at me, laughing hysterically. <laughs> True professional. Maybe you're just not as funny oh. as you. Thank you. So anyway. Yeah, they don't have to kill Gwen Stacy, but I kind of feel like they should. And the reason why is because at some point I think we got to start thinking about bringing Mary Jane into this thing. Because as big a deal and important a character as Gwen Stacy was, Mary Jane is way more important to Spider-Man. Yeah, I guess in overall she is. Like I've never really been I've, – I've never liked traditional Mary Jane. I only like Ultimate Mary Jane, mm-hmm. who's really Gwen, Gwen Stacy with red hair. So if we never see Mary Jane in this Andrew Garfield universe, that doesn't affect me one bit. I don't I'll think probably, they'll ever go that I'll way. I'll probably prefer it. So that's, I doubt that they'll do that. They'll introduce Mary Jane 
They were going to in this movie. Oh, yeah. They didn't have room. They're going to do it. They'll do it next. They'll do it next. They're going to kill Gwen Stacy. I think that the proper thing to do is probably keep Gwen Stacy alive until she can have that. There can be maybe a love triangle situation in the next film. I suppose, but how interesting is a love triangle when you know exactly how it's going to end? We do it in stuff all the time. I mean, people read books and they adapt them and you know how it's going to end so I mean I don't see that being a problem well I don't know I, I don't find that very interesting at all considering you know that you just hate love that's all <laughs> you know how it's going to how it's going to work out oh well obviously he's going to end up with Mary Jane because Gwen Stacy's going to have her neck broken by Spider-Man did it affect your viewing of the Harry Potter movies when you knew how all those kids were going to end up and who they were going to be with I didn't know how it was going to end up how about you Paul no, it didn't affect my enjoyment of watching those movies. But you didn't read the books. You just watched the movies. Correct. But did you know that Ron and Hermione would be the couple at the end? No, but I suspected that. And I didn't really feel like it was really a love triangle. I never got the sense that there was a romance. It, it wasn't. It wasn't in the movies, and it wasn't in the books either. And every time I, I would see, you know, like fans being like, oh, Hermione and Harry, it should be Hermione and Harry. I'm like, where are you getting this from? From, like, day one, J.K. Rowling makes it clear that it's going to be Ron and Hermione. Didn't she recently come out and say something like that she should have made it Harry and Hermione? Hermione? Yeah. Why, what prompted her to say that? Not to sidetrack this conversation, but I... Why? Yeah, because we never do that here at the McSaw Studios. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, what, what interview she was doing or, or how it came up, but <clears throat> she said that... Looking back at it now, now that she now that she isn't as close to the material, that it doesn't really make sense that Hermione and Ron would be together in the end because she feels that as that relationship would progress, Hermione would just get bored with Ron because she's, you know, a much more intellectual character and Ron's just kind of an idiot. Hmm. Which sent Harry Potter fans into hysterics. What the fuck? Well, she's sort of given commentary on these books outside of, you know, what takes place in the pages. Like, she declared that Dumbledore was a homosexual. Did she really? And that's not in the books? No. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, like, one way or another, but it's it's interesting that, I mean, that would be like George Lucas saying, you know, Luke Skywalker's gay. gay. He was gay. Guys making all this big Why even kissing his well, sister? If he, if he kissing was a Jedi every in the old republic, he may as well be <laughs> kissing every woman's like kissing his sister. Yeah. Doesn't matter to him. See, I think Hermione and Ron do make sense because Hermione is such a controlling person. She likes things particular that she can just tell Ron how it is, whereas Harry's probably going to fight back. She doesn't want that. No, she wants a guy that I think she wants a guy she can control, and that's Ron Weasley. I agree. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What about poor Neville Longbottom? I feel like she could have controlled him too. Doesn't? Yeah, but he was fat. I'm unfamiliar with guys. Neville Longbottom's work. <laughs> yeah, but name. Yeah, but Ron has red hair. Yeah, but she's into Firebush. that. Firebush. Come on. And doesn't Neville end up with Luna Lovegood in the end? Uh, Luna Lovegood. I don't remember. I don't remember. What? Are we sure this, <laughs> are we sure this is Harry Potter? Harry is that Hogwarts and 
That's some studio. So getting back to Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man Two, my polynomics. I would say if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rate it now, excitement is probably at a at a healthy six, and my expectations are. I'll give it a generous six. See what that can do, kids? The magic of one effective trailer. Two points in your polynomics. And that's the same reaction I had from the latest Captain America trailer. Because the first trailer came out, I was like, all right, it looks fine. It doesn't tell you anything about this movie. But this longer trailer gets into a little more detail. You get to see Winter Soldier a little more. You get to see a little more of the interaction between Cap and Fury, Black Widow. <clears throat> and it just gives you a little a little more of a peek in what you're in store for. And I think it looked really, really exciting. Now, this was one of the things that we've talked about here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. A lot of these Marvel movies don't have a very strong villain for the hero to go up against. But this Captain America movie has it in spades. I mean, this Winter Soldier... And I hope that he stays bad. I really do, because I'll be so disappointed if he's like, oh, it's cool, I'm Bucky, let's join forces and fight the Red Skull's nephew, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You don't like redemption. I do like redemption, but I this character looks like a great villain, and I'm very nervous for the flip when he becomes a good guy and they team up. He'll just kill this dude. He's got the emotional core to really go after Cap. He's got the skills, strength, and their former relationship makes makes him a really good arch nemesis. Agreed. Wow. And he also has the look for a great villain. He does look amazing. Um, Except for the, all that eyeliner. He, yeah, there's a little bit of makeup. Know, but, fine. I mean... Flowing hair, the metal arms, the before, eyeliner. Before you make your point, I wanted to say he, that... He doesn't have two blown-off arms? No, just the... They change it from the comic books. How dare they? He doesn't have two blown-off arms in the comics. It's I just his left. Doesn't he have two? I thought he did. So, I feel like... Guy, come on. All right. I think that the Winter Soldier actually looks cooler than the hero, which usually makes for an awesome villain. Um, a lot of the times that doesn't happen, especially in comic books, because some of these heroes tend to look so amazingly iconic. You know, Batman, Spider-Man, it's hard to outdo those guys, but this guy does it. I mean, and in Star Wars, the villains are always cooler looking than the heroes. Yeah, but do you think he can play... After this movie, I, I don't think so. I think that what it's going to come down to is Cap killing, you know, his former, you know, brother in arms here. You think they're going to kill him? Right. Yes. I think Cap's going to kill Why him. Why do you think they're going to kill him? I think that that's just. I don't think that he really can go outside of this movie at all. I think that that's going to be the way that they're just going to tie. They're going to have Captain America's arc of being so good. And being pushed to the edge where he has to do something awful. Hmm. That's that's just my guess. Kind of like Superman and Man of Steel. Yeah. Well, General Zod was never his boy, so it would be a little more... It would have a little more 
gravitas. Maybe, but Superman was never a killer, whereas Captain America has killed many before being a soldier. True, but not his own... Not his own... No, but Captain America friend, not has... his best friend. Agreed, but Captain America's code is much different than Superman's. He is a soldier, and the mission comes first, whereas Superman is, is more um, idealistic. So you don't think that this would still have some effects on Steve Rogers? I didn't say it? that. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I think it's... I think it's it's more heavy on that character in in a bigger change in the development than what happened to Superman in Man of Steel. Um, maybe. I think it's a big... Maybe. When, when you kill your friend, it's a bigger turn than killing the, the dude that's hated your family forever. I just think it is. Uh, yeah, there's something to that, but I like I said... Captain America is no stranger to killing people. True, true. That's fine. For Superman, that was his very first person he ever killed, and he had to do it with his bare hands. Yeah, um, but that dude killed his fucking family, so... Or was responsible for his dad dying. True. What I think supports Ian's argument that they'll kill him is that if they if they keep him alive, why wouldn't he be in Avengers 2? Because if they keep if they keep him alive and he turns and turns into the good guy, he's gonna be brought in as being part of that team. That only makes sense. But then again, it only makes sense for some of the Avengers to show up and help out their buddy Iron Man and Iron Man Three, and that didn't happen either. So I just think it it seems like that would be a natural story arc, uh, and and um, something that that character would of Captain America to come up against is having to be, to choose between, you know, his, his ideals of wanting to be this, this great symbol of America, much like Superman. Sure, he, he certainly is a, is a soldier, but I think he, he wants to stand for something more than, than being a, you know, to killing people and coming up against somebody that seems pretty unstoppable from what the trailers are showing us. Mm-hmm. Best part of the trailer for me, Falcon. Yeah? When Falcon gets taken down by Winter Soldier, but then, like, does that cool barrel roll and just flips up with his two guns, like, shooting immediately, I was like, that's badass. Like, because you think maybe he's just going to get taken out like a punk or something because they're trying to make Winter Soldier totally badass, and how do you do that while well, you have him beat up Captain America's friend? Much like Apollo Creed got destroyed in Rocky IV uh, by the Russian, so that way you give um, Rocky a little little extra incentive to fight. Why does this have to happen to all the African-American characters in these films? <laughs> Some things just never change. <laughs> See, I'm not excited by the Falcon. Well, that's because you're a racist. I think I would be more excited by the Falcon. If, if you were white. If he were white, first of all. And second of all, if he looked more like... If he had... A little more of the old costume. Maybe it doesn't some, have to be the garish white and red silly. But maybe some hints of red. But maybe some little, hints of yeah, white. A little, little bit of color. A little bit of something going on. Did I see says. no color? I thought they were very muted colors, but I thought the red was there. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, black. Literally. Oh, how <laughs> dare you. Yeah, this trailer, I thought, did wonders for me as opposed to the first one. I thought we were excited about the first one, didn't oh, we? Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to say, didn't we talk about 
being excited I'm about excited, the first one. But I, I feel more excited about this movie okay. now. Now, like this, this movie looks really good. Yeah. Okay, what looks better, based on the, the latest trailers, Amazing Spider-Man Two or Cap Two? Yeah. Cap. It it just looks like the serious film that is missing from Marvel Studios' arsenal. Um, it, it doesn't look like there's very much humor in this thing at all. While I do like that from the Marvel films, I think that it's something. Who doesn't that, like uh, a healthy injection of? Um, how can I put this? Cream pies and banana peels. Banana peels. Paul doesn't like that oh, very Paul. much. I don't like banana. Well, yeah, I don't like banana peels and cream pies because that's what Marvel does, and Marvel just goes over the top with that stuff. Iron Man three was an action comedy, but this has this. You know, Captain America looks like, and same with Spider Man. It looks like it's gonna have some really funny moments in it. But this looks like it's gonna have funny moments in it. There's a couple in the trailer, yeah. Okay. You know, Scarlett Johansson asks him what he's doing tonight. He makes the joke about going to do old person stuff. No, he said, because everybody in my bridge club is dead. Yeah. It's pretty... That was actually kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be there's gonna be funny stuff. But I, I think overall this movie's going to have a much more serious tone. Who's directing this somewhere, movie? Um, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo brothers. What did they work on before? The, Game of Thrones, right? Uh, Russo Extravaganza. <laughs> you, me, and Dupree. Uh oh, community. Uh oh. Well, I take it all back. This is going to be. Oh, the dude that did Thor too did Game of Thrones. This guy did Community. Yeah. That's what he's known yeah. for. How do they end up with that Animal guy practice, for a director? Up all night, happy endings. I take it all back, listeners. This is going to be one funny fucking movie. I also think that. Well, I also read that um, this movie's supposed to have a strong tie directly into Avengers Two. So stay after the credits, everyone. <laughs> so the trailer that that we didn't see yet for a a movie that is also coming out this summer. In August, I believe, is um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I read a little story today that said that the trailer is imminent. It's it's coming soon, uh, which is pretty cool because I'm very interested to see how this movie looks. Um, especially after seeing... I, just today, I saw the, the actual photograph, the very first release. Where have you been? Have you been sick? All this time that you didn't see this picture? Somehow I missed it. Somehow I missed it. But I finally saw the uh, the lineup of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and I was pretty pleased with everything except for the way Drax looked. I, I don't care for that wrestler. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I don't like Dave Bautista. I don't like him as Drax. I, the, the, his cost, like the makeup they put on him, it looks like he's... It looks like he's a burn victim. It doesn't look like he has the traditional, you know, like, tribal symbols that Drax has. He just looks like a mess. Are they, in the comic book, are they, like, tattoos? Or is it uh, just, like, a... I think he it has, looks like, like, a tribal skin. tattoo. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, the tattoos? In the, in in the, the cartoons, it looks... Or, cartoons. In the comic, it looks like tattoos. But these okay. look like... Like, he's been branded. These look like burns. Yeah. 
Poor Shingles. <laughs> what a hero. He's my <laughs> hero. I think Rocket Raccoon looks really good. Looks like a raccoon. Looks like a raccoon. It. Uh, Chris Pratt looks like Bendis' Star-Lord, so, no. Does he? I think he looks like a fatter version of Bendis' Star-Lord. <laughs> He he does kind of look like Andy from Parks and Rec, and he's is, standing amongst all these superheroes. Is this movie supposed to be funny too, or what? I how can it not be funny with a talking tree and a talking raccoon? If it's anything like the current comic book, it's going to be the comedy of the year. <laughs> but they started. Didn't they start making the film in the script before the current? run, so I don't think that it would be influenced by what Bendis was doing. Um, I don't, there's, I, th- I think they're, I, I think they're uh, influencing each other. Okay. Um, no, I, I think the only reason Peter Quill is suddenly blonde is because You have such Chris a problem with that. It's fucking unexplainable. Why is he really why the blonde fuck or is he, he have blonde hair already? Is, is, is he blonde or does he have like red hair? Like red hair, man. That's not that's it. Whatever it's, it is, that's Chris it Pratt. Look yeah. at the look at the Star Lord picture. Yeah, that's not blonde hair, dude. Yeah, it is. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. It looks like red. It looks like me. red. All right, which it's is his not, natural hair color. It's not brown. Okay, so we have a problem with anything other than brown. It's is not, that what we're it's saying? Not brown hair. What? And the I fuck? guarantee you, does it matter if the hair color is a little different? Chris Pratt's hair when that movie comes out. What don't you like about a blonde Star Lord? Because it's not really Peter Quill. This is some imposter that's taken over Peter Quill. The real Peter Quill is stuck in the Cancerverse with the missing Richard Ryder. In waves of auburn hair. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever it is. Matt, you said something before we started the podcast about your excitement. For Guardians of the Galaxy, that shocked me. You're extremely excited about this? More excited than Captain America? More excited than Spider-Man? Is this true? Yeah, you came at this earlier, like Ian came at Thor 2. Well, I think Captain America 2 looks fantastic. I'm not going to say that I'm more excited for this than Captain America. Definitely more so than than. That is not what you said earlier tonight. You seemed really fired up. And sure I, I wanted you to convince me to be excited about I'm this movie. I'm pretty sure earlier you said this could be Marvel's best movie of the year. Yeah, yes. you might have said that. I, I, yeah, that's true. Am I more excited for it than Cap? I don't know. This I'm very could excited. be the X-Men, Spider-Man, and Captain America. This. Yes, and I'll tell you why. I'm all ears. This one breaks the mold. This one is not going to be like any of the other Marvel movies that we've been watching for the last 10 years that we get multiple a year now. They're all like relatively the same. I've bitched about it before. They're very formulaic. They kind of follow the exact same pattern that each one lays down. Yes, obviously there's variations, but I'm generalizing. This one, though, is going to stand out from the rest in a big way. Not just in the tone of it, because I do think that the tone is going to be maybe more lighthearted, but the visual look of it 
it's going to have way more of a sci-fi feel. But it's also going to have like that kind of superhero vibe as well. So you're going to, I think, have some cool like science fiction-y stuff, but at the same time the whole hero element and hopefully like that whole journey of the hero thing going on where, <clears throat> you know, you you sort of get introduced to the world along with a new character like maybe Star-Lord. I don't know. Is that, do you think that's feasible, Paul? Do you see that happening, this being a bit of an origin thing for him? Yeah, he's he's the main guy. He's the leader of that team. So I think that's the logical... Or is this going to be an established team already? No, I think we're going to see the, the formation of the team. I think we're going to see you know the personalities of the characters you, you know, know, rubbing against each other and creating friction inside the team. Thor was probably the closest thing to, to breaking the mold and just kind of doing some crazy shit. Uh, more than probably any other superhero movie, mainstream superhero movie to this point. I would say even more than Green Lantern. Um, and And I like that aspect of it. I, that's my favorite part of the Thor movies are when they're in Asgard or not on Earth. Which is kind of ironic because a lot of times I do like that fish out of water kind of thing. <clears throat> like, um, I think it still works in Thor. I think it was funny. When no, it it well, don't think it's too funny. <laughs> but I agree with you. But I think the better stuff was as Asgard, like in Thor two, the the chase sequence when they're trying to get out of Asgard was pretty cool. I guess, is it safe to say that Guardians of the Galaxy is not going to take place on Earth? I would imagine so. It's going to be a a space opera, really. It'll be a space story. I mean, we don't get a whole lot of that in Hollywood anymore anyway. What do we get now? Star Trek? The new Star Trek movies and soon to be Star Wars again. But other than that, what do we get? There's Uh just not a whole lot of space stuff. And space shit is fucking cool. And we never get it outside of Green Lantern superheroes in space. So this looks cool. The concept is killer. It's breaking the mold. I'm excited for it. I am very excited for it. Polynomics, excitement level. This is pre-trailer. Maybe I will feel 100% different after I see the trailer. We know how many notches a trailer can raise you up, drop you (laughs) down. Pre-trailer. I think it's easier to drop more than rate, like go up. Okay. So like I'm going to start pretty high. My excitement is an eight for this thing. Whoa. Yowzers. My expectations are an eight. Whoa. Crazy eights. This might be one that I have to go to the theater with you. So I can watch the disappointment strike your face. You won't. Yeah, I know. I won't go with you. <laughs> See, I I will be happier with this movie if it's geared more toward the Abnett Lanning Guardians of the Galaxy. Because they are the Guardians of the Galaxy, not the Guardians of Earth. Which is what Bendis has made them in the current comic book. Like, they're out there. They're doing shit. They're, none of them are from Earth. Peter Quill's half-Earthling. But he's essentially spent all of his life out in space. 
So, like, that's what I want. I don't, I don't want to see Earth in this movie. I know everything's going to tie back here, because Avengers is back here, but we can save that for the post credit scene. Like, just open in space, stay in space, and stay in space. Give me, you know, give me some space Star Wars type shit. Right. Now, Even Star Trek Two wound up coming back to Earth for the majority of that movie. That is true. Well, for the majority... Half of it. A good, good portion of it. They crashed the Enterprise at the end in San Francisco. The yeah. big fight between the two ships is above Earth. They get the reprimand after going to that alien planet on Earth and all that yeah, stuff yeah, happens yeah. on okay. Earth. Okay. Yeah, when, okay, uh, okay, okay. when Khan kills Kirk's mentor. That other thing that happened on Earth. And then that other thing. I forget. Yeah, so you guys are jazzed just because this is a space movie and we don't get a lot of space Girl, movies. Mass, That's what I'm taking from mass it. Mass jazzed. I'm cautious. I liked the additional scene. I didn't get it at the end of Thor 2. I wasn't offended like some people were. Me I don't either. understand why I had no were problems upset. with it. I liked how it was like, what the hell is weird. this? It was weird. Yeah. I'm hoping for two hours of weirdness in this movie. Like, I want to... to to be like, I don't really know exactly what I just saw, but I liked it. Like, I, that feeling almost doesn't exist in movies anymore because everybody plays it so damn safe. I want to have to see this like three times until I'm like, oh yeah, I get it and I love it. I think the last time a movie ever did that for me was like The Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix was, was really strange. Do you think you're going to get that from this? Because I don't know. The potential it's, it's, is there. It, yeah, sure. But, I mean, it's a Marvel movie they're going to want to make. They're not going to want to make a weird movie. They're going to want to make something where they can sell raccoon dolls to kids. Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, the fact that they're even making this, why this when they have so many other properties? This is not a safe bet. Like, Daredevil would have been a safe bet. You can market that thing like Batman or something and not have Ben Affleck be Daredevil. And not put Colin Farrell in the movie, and you're probably like in a much safer place. This, this is where who Marvel knows branches out. DC Comics branches out with the magic stuff, you know, Justice League Dark, the monster stuff like Swamp Thing. Marvel plays it safe in all their comic books, so this is Marvel's way to be like, we're doing some crazy shit. We here's, here's these weird characters, no one knows who they are. We're gonna make Rocket Raccoon the biggest thing since Yoda. Yeah. We've seen what Marvel does with superheroes, and frankly, it's a lot of sameness. Let's see what they can do with some crazy space shit. If Groot says anything other than I am Groot, I will walk the fuck out. Why would they even get Vin Diesel? Like, how many hours of dialogue did he have to record? A half an hour, maybe? Different inflections of I am Groot. But if he says one more word, out. What are your polynomics for this, Paul? Um, probably six and six. Yeah. Ian? I don't give a shit about this movie. Three and three. I like space stuff. I love the Abnet Landing stuff. And even though, um, even though I think this movie and Bendis' current run are going kind of hand in hand, a lot of the source material that, um... The who the Russo brothers? No, that's Captain. J- James Gunn is yeah, the director. The resource and writer, material that James Gunn used is the Abnett Landing stuff. He brought those guys on set. 
to you know pick their brains about this team. So I'm going in expecting that this will have a little bit more Abnett Landing feel than Bendis. I don't want any of these characters to make a Who's the Boss reference. What are the chances that we'll see references or even cameos from other space characters like the Silver Surfer or Nova? There are. There's there's Novas in this movie. For sure? Um, yeah, someone plays Nova Prime in this movie. And there's also a Nova... Yeah, there's a Nova Corps officer. Who's Nova Prime? Um, I forget what her name is. You mean who's, who's the character? What is, what is Nova Prime? Nova Prime is... Uh, if the Guardians... If the Guardians of the Universe and the Green Lantern universe... Mm-hmm. If they're, like, the commissioner, I guess Nova Prime is, like, the sergeant. Okay. And then the regular Nova Corps members are under him. Mm-hmm. There aren't going to be any... Like, the Star Jammers aren't going to show up in this. Silver Surfer isn't going to be in this. Galactus isn't going to be in this. Nobody that... Because Silver Surfer and Galactus are Sony properties. Fox properties. Yeah. Well, well I mean, well, well, characters on. like that, that that maybe just a general Marvel fan would Fantastic be Four. with. Fantastic Four just went back to Marvel recently. Now, did did the Silver Surfer not transition back as well at that time? Because he was in the I Fantastic think he'd be Four a too. Surfer property. But did that go back to Marvel? No, Daredevil went back. Fantastic Four is still Fox. Oh, because that's been talking right. About the that's X-Men right. Fantastic Four crossover. My yeah, potential. my mistake. Because they're trying wasn't, to reboot that. Wasn't there something in place where uh, Marvel was basically, I think, telling Fox, "Hey, we'll give you Daredevil if we can have Fantastic Four back or something like that." Isn't that? <laughs> it's like they were trading baseball. If cards. they had done I that, so. I bet you if they had done that. If if uh, Fox had taken that deal, we would not be getting Guardians of the Galaxy. We'd be getting Fantastic Four instead. Probably. I applaud Marvel for branching out and doing a movie that isn't one, something that's instantly recognizable. That people could go to the theaters and be like, "Wait, this is a this is a Marvel Comics movie," right? Or come out of the movie and be like, "Oh, I had no idea that that was a comic book." So movie. you applaud I'm, I'm excited it, for but that. not but not like. I just you don't clap care. quietly. I just don't care about these characters. I've read them several times. Nothing is engaging to me about them. I just don't care that much. I'll go see it, though. Mm-hmm. I'll go see the movie. I'll support it. But I just don't really care. I'm not excited about it. And I don't expect much from it. Maybe my not expecting much will blow me away, and I will boldly say this was the best Marvel movie of the year. Well, let's put it this way. Usually when you go into a movie like that, you do end up enjoying it more. Usually when your expectations are through the roof, it leads to nothing but disappointment. There's potential for this too. Like you said, there's potential for this to be good. I just don't really, I don't, I don't like the characters. I just don't really care. That's honestly the same position I was with Thor a couple of years ago. So, Hey, maybe I'll have a new favorite character in uh, or characters in a couple of months. And you're not reading the current, I, I did. I read the first probably five. Mm-hmm. I flamed out. I didn't like it. I borrow or no, I bought the Advent Landing stuff. I read the first trade. I didn't like it. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. With but, blonde or dark hair, I, but, like them. But, I, but I gave them a shot, which is what's important. You're not a, a space superhero kind of like fan usually. I don't like space comic books. I don't know why. I just don't. Yeah, I like space movies. I like space TV shows. This is a space movie. I, so I should like it, right? right? Let's shift gears and move over to television as 
Ian and I will wake you up this. whenever we're done, Matt. Yeah, whenever we're done. Um, preach! It's official. Preacher's going to AMC. Who's excited? Yay! I, I'm excited. Yeah. No, I am excited. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. There, there is possibility that that AMC could make the bold moves that are necessary for Preacher to be the the TV show that we want. Mind you, the FCC has no control over cable. They they don't. They have no control. It's all about the advertisers. And if a show like The Walking Dead that week after week after week, you know, breaks all of these records and has these record number of audience eyeballs on it, it's going to have some similar hype on Preacher. Maybe maybe advertisers will be like, "Well, we'll we'll let them do their show." And we'll attach them ourselves with AMC. They've done good by us for Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, a number of different television shows. We'll stick with them. We're not going to listen to any backlash. Maybe we can go with it. Maybe. But when you throw God and religion into the mix, that makes advertisers and the general populace a little more questioning. A little more? It's, Ian, a, it's a hot button. You True. Could, you could not be more off the mark. I said there's potential. There is potential. There isn't. The core, okay. it's not the core of Preacher okay. is about God and religion. They wouldn't do this if they weren't... Do you it's going to be watered-down version of what that, you read. Do you think that the the people that make decisions at AMC didn't fucking read any of the books, have no idea what this is about? Pretty sure that they thoroughly went through it and know what it's about. They yeah. wouldn't greenlight it if they didn't understand that. Right, but I I don't think they're going to push the envelope and say, fuck the FCC, we're, the advertisers are okay with this. I think the advertisers are more likely to be uh, more standoffish about the FCC when it comes to that stuff. It could be. Because Walking but, Dead is just killing zombies. True, true. Yeah, it's gory, but you're just killing zombies. That's it. That's true. I'm just saying that they're, they could possibly do that. I'm still excited. I'm excited for it. I think it'll be... I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not going to jump over it and before anything else comes out and beat it down and say, oh, no, it can't possibly be... Because I don't know. Nothing has come out besides a, an agreement to do a pilot. I like that Seth Rogen is involved in this. I think it's taken a lot of hits because everyone's like, the Pineapple Express guy, he's going to do Preacher? That's ridiculous. But do you there's think- no reason he doesn't... He isn't able... To shift gears for this story. And if he's been pushing this for years now, he's clearly passionate about the work, clearly loves this story. Do you think a loyal fan then would water down something that he has come out numerous times and said that he loves? Do you think he would do that to a property that he feels that passionately about? You think he would? He's not gonna have a choice. I don't think that he would even do it then at that point. If he didn't have some kind of HBO, dude. if, If he didn't have some kind of assurance that they would be allowed to do something. Yeah, something. It's going to push the envelope. It's going to push the envelope as far as they can, but it's still going to be watered you down. You can't even the do the book. show at all if you don't involve God, religion, the devil, all that. And, yeah, and, and, and you can't do it at all. Right. So it would never have even gotten green light. You can because Supernatural does it. But that's that's the kind of stuff we're going to get. Like, we're going to get. Supernatural style. The main plot. We're not going to uh, get the fucked up shit. The main plot of Preacher is God runs out on humanity. 
You think that they're just going to be like, oh, well, he just took a nap. You can do that. It, that's what happened in Supernatural. Yeah. They can do that. We're going to get the bare bones of, of that story, but we're, I don't, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as, as graphic. And I, I think, yeah. We Seth, don't know either way. We Seth really Rowan's don't. Still, still going to do it. He still wants to get this problem, this show off the ground, and he clearly thinks that he can do it justice in this format. So, like, I believe that, like, he he he, he will do it to the best of his ability. I but I would hope that it and that it follows the story. I don't want them to. Like have split universe like the Walking Dead comic and the Walking Dead show. I don't think that he. I don't think that they would do that. I think to to maybe stretch out. There's plenty of material. In, yeah. Why in Why do you need run. to stretch? You know, five, six, seven years of comic books out. If it if, if it takes off, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we wind up seeing, you know, during the journey that the comic takes. Oh well, here's a little stop over here. To introduce some other stuff. Why? They introduced Why do you think a couple that? other characters here. Have you seen The Walking Why Dead? I think that. But this isn't The Walking Dead. It certainly is an AMC property, but it's not The Walking Dead. It, it, it's not the same story. The Walking Dead is a story that goes on forever. Preacher has a beginning and an end. We don't know what The Walking Dead is. At the time, it, it is a story that is set up to go on forever. They could just follow it. There's no but reason they, why they, they can't didn't. follow it but, just the way they follow Preacher. Preacher has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I don't Why care what segments there are. It, it, well, it doesn't have that, so they can branch off and do that stuff. Okay. Why because can't they branch? They can still branch off and do side things that take place in between the beginning and the middle. Why of are we Preacher? assuming that? Because it's just an AMC property. Is that why we're assuming it? Um, we're. That's why we're here, to speculate on this. Okay, well, it, that, it doesn't make any sense just because it's on the same network and it happens to be a comic book that we're going to just start creating things outside of the realm of the comic book. What TV show has ever followed to the letter um, the uh, the source material? Uh, probably none, but I'm just saying that... There's a first time for everything. So so basically, based I'm on... Just, I, based you guys are saying they're going to set up side stories... With no evidence to that. Well, it doesn't make any sense. My evidence is what I just said. Everything that has ever had source material before it never follows to the letter what actually is in the source material. But it doesn't go off and set up and create completely new characters and new adventures whenever there's enough stuff already set in that world. Incorrect. But but so, but either so, way, does does okay. All right. Either way, does that make you upset? Well, you don't know because you've never read it, so I don't so, even. I'm unsure wait. why I'm talking to you so about the, it. The, the Batman universe is so sparse for stories and characters that they needed to create John Blake. No, right? no. So why then? Then why? Why John Blake? Why extra characters of creature? Just because that's the creator's prerogative, and there's a possibility they're going to do that. I didn't. I don't have to have read it to to know that they're going to branch off from the story. I mean, that's. It's I, well. I'll be excited to see where they go and branch off from it. Do you guys have any speculation where they're going to go, Matt? Do, would you like to add some characters that they're going to add? Uh, no, there's no way for anybody to suggest who is going to be added, whether they read it or not. I think that your argument suggesting because I haven't read it, so I don't get uh, a dog in this fight, is invalid. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can say it's invalid. It was just an attack. I. Um, and I want to go back to your other point that you made that um, would Seth Rogen even 
green light this or want anything to do with it uh, if he wasn't going to treat the source material. Um, I don't if know. he wasn't going to have some assurance that he would be allowed to do the source material justice. I would point to the Green Hornet and say that it wasn't what I would call – it didn't treat the source material sacredly. Was that his project or did he the, star in that movie? I thought that he like wrote it or something. Am he might have. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like – I thought he was heavily involved beyond it seems acting. like It seems like he spent much more time – this is something more near and dear than maybe the Green perhaps, Hornet. Perhaps, perhaps. Clearly, you want this to be amazing because it's your favorite thing. And, it is. And, and you are a little sensitive about it potentially not being as just, great as you want it to be. I just want it to be good. That's all. I, I understand that, and I hope that it is. And I'm going to read it before um, before the show comes out because I, I want to... Seth get, Rogen co-wrote. Co-wrote. I want to get pissed off at the show the way that The Walking Dead <laughs> pisses me off. What I should do is just not read it and enjoy the show based on its own merits, much the way a lot of Walking Dead fans enjoy the show based on what it is. Honestly, maybe that is is better. How about this? They don't introduce a new character, but they they go to New Orleans, they meet uh, Cassidy's voodoo buddy, the black guy. What if he gets a much larger role in the show? I think that would be fine. Would that not be fine by you? You wouldn't like that? Yeah, I don't know. Depends. I'd, I'd rather than use that guy. But that doesn't take place in the beginning, middle, character. and end. I don't think that expanding a pre-existing character's role, I, I don't think that's the same as creating new adventures and characters. But if you expand his role, you would, I assume, create they don't have new storylines. They don't have to, maybe, maybe I misrepresented what I was saying um, or try, the point I was trying to make they don't have to slavishly adhere to the source material is that fair? maybe maybe that's how I was coming across and I don't want to seem that way to my two good friends on the McSauce comic book podcast they don't have to stick 100% because in The Walking Dead it doesn't bother me that they're doing different stuff in The Walking Dead you guys don't necessarily like that doesn't really bother me. That said, I haven't watched this entire new season, so maybe. I've only watched one episode of the season. But I don't think that you have to stick 100% to everything that happens. No, no, I don't think you do either. I, I really, and I keep using The Walking Dead as the, the, the main um, kind of measuring stick here because it's probably my favorite comic book that is currently some kind of property on like a TV show or something. And I don't like how severely it has deviated. How about with, if let's take it to movies, with the Dark Knight saga, mm-hmm. did you have a problem with how, how realistic everything was? That's not necessarily like the Batman that you know, we know and love. That is a... a- I think a very loaded question. I'll try to. Break... <laughs> I'm not trying to be loaded. No, 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 no. I... It's an honest question. It's an honest question. I'm going to try to break it down because I feel like there's like several components to it. Because I think you're trying to compare The Walking Dead the way that's treated versus the way that they treat Batman in, in this film franchise. What I will say is number one, 
Batman is pulling from a much broader history and wealth of stories. So you're trying to piece together all these classic stories and all these things that have happened over the course of 60 years in comic books, whereas The Walking Dead has never really even had to change its tone or anything. It's pulling from 10 years of continuity, and even that it can't seem to get straight. But um, but Batman, you got to kind of pick and choose and somehow kind of weave all this stuff together to make a cohesive movie. Like if you took verbatim one Batman story, it might not work on the big screen. You have to kind of like kind of Frankenstein this thing together Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, Also, I am not a huge fan of the realistic nature of Batman, like what they did with Batman. Uh, I would prefer if it felt a little bit more comic booky. However, I think they did a really amazing job when they did try to make him very realistic. So I kind of love the result, even though it's not my preferred execution. A big, a big difference in the Batman or just general, you know, superheroes versus Walking Dead argument is that Batman's a character that's been around for seventy-five years, right? Seventy-five. Isn't Since thirty, like right around the time. Isn't Superman, it this year? It's seventy-five years. He's been around for so many years, and there have been a myriad of creators that have written this character, put their own stamp on this character. You know, we've seen all kinds of different versions of Batman. Only one guy has written Walking Dead. There's only been one style of Walking Dead up until the show, and now there's two. Now there's two different universes with you know two different tones. Now, Kirkman's heavily involved in the Walking Dead TV show. Do you, do you think that because he is... There's a difference between a, a creator and somebody that is a fan that's adapting something, whereas a creator feels that maybe they have the right to add and change to the, to the story that is theirs and okay things from other creators that, that come to them and say, how about we change this or how about we, we make these, you know, the governor, we're going to go drastically different. Is that okay? And Kirkman says, this is my creation. I'm fine with that. Whereas maybe Seth, Seth Rogen will have a different, um, a different perspective where I need to stick to what was written down. I'm not, I don't have the license to change this. I'm just a fan adapting this. Do you think there's a difference there? And maybe, I think that's actually a pretty good point that you're making. Um, and, and I would probably say, yeah, there's some truth there. And I'm going to like make the, um, the movie comparison. So, um, <clears throat> Peter Jackson was, I would say pretty faithful to those books. Yeah. He took some liberties and I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, not so much the Hobbit because I think he had to take Stretch liberties with the Hobbit. Here. So Lord of the Rings. Yes. I realize that there's a lot of differences, but Overall, I think he was really faithful to it, whereas I feel like George Lucas with Star Wars, especially with the prequels being his thing, he was able to do kind of whatever he wanted because it was his thing. He almost like didn't even follow his own rules that he kind of set up in a lot of instances. (laughs) Um, a A lot of his creating was... Especially, again, in those prequels, particularly, I want to say, like, the first couple was a bit more whimsical, you know? And in his mind, it's all okay because he can just go back and say, well, this is how I originally had it or 
or just justify it any way that he wants by saying, this is mine. I can change it any way that I want to. And in a way, he's right. And if Kirkman gets consulted on the changes that happen to The Walking Dead TV show, he's right. It's his creation. He can do that. I don't know if somebody adapting something is going to take those those changes and make those it's the difference. It's the same with with the, the, a TV property. I mean, you know, um, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, they don't have creative input on that because someone else is adapting it. It's their property, and they'll get you know Preacher created by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon in the beginning. But other than that, it's Seth Rogen's show. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, if you look at um. Uh, and other films, look at The Watchmen. Zack Snyder did, that was pretty much, with with the exception of the ending, which I hated, was shot for shot pretty much the comic book. He was extremely, maybe to a fault, faithful to the source material because he loved it so much and he was a big fan of it and he wanted to make the movie that a fan would want to see and not make the change. Of course, he did make bold changes at the end, but for the the most of the duration of the film, it was it was like watching the comic book come to life. Kirkman with The Walking Dead, maybe I'm wrong, but he is basically just a consultant, correct? I think so. I don't think he's a writer yeah, he wrote, on it. He wrote this episode that just... Oh, he is? Lost, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's in. His, oh. his balls deep. The show. Okay. Okay. Because I kind of got the impression that whatever the writers decided to do would be cool with him initially. Yeah. Um, because he was so excited. He has a show now. I just used to write comics for Image Comics. No, you know, like I, I was so underground before, but now he's famous. Um, do you think he? Got, let them just like railroad him because of you know the the limelight and he whatever you want to do just because make he was excited fun. about being yeah. involved in this huge show yeah I yeah. kind of okay. do I do I I mean He's been he with that from the he has his um. He, his ownership of the comic book, you know, that's his. Nobody's ever going to take that away, and he'll yeah. he'll drive that ship. But just kind of like the show's kind of gravy. It's a little extra bonus on the side that, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. It's, I'm just real excited that I have a show uh, based on my comic book that I created. Yeah, that's show, my impression. The show's kind of, you know, it's flip-flopped, whereas, like, the show's now, like, the, like Robert Kirkman's known for being the creator of The Walking Dead the TV show, and, and now I think to a lot of a lot of people in pop culture, not so much the, uh, the book, but um, we spent a lot of time on a property that I would say most of the people listening to don't know anything about. Why don't we go and switch gears a little bit to a property that a lot of people are excited about or angry? Superman, Man of Steel 2, Justice League, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. <laughs> and Lex Luthor, apparently, as well. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he's going to be in this movie for sure. Or an approximation of a character named Lex Luthor. Maybe they'll do the whole Mary Jane thing. They'll film his scenes and then 
You know, you know what? There's, it's not working. We don't need. And then recast him for Superman three. Do you think that that could possibly happen? <sighs> no. <laughs> for for those who don't know, uh, Jesse Eisenberg from what's he most uh, Facebook movie Zombie Land. What is the Facebook movie called? I keep forgetting. The Social Network. The Social Network. Okay. Zombieland. Uh, now You See Me? Is Was that the magic movie? Yeah, let's not forget uh, Adventureland. Adventureland, yep. Filmed in Kennywood? That piece of garbage. Hmm. I didn't think it was a piece of garbage. I never saw it, actually. Yeah, it was kind of... It wasn't... Was kind of sucky. Not surprisingly, you think it's sucky because it was so not what you expected it to be. Because when things do not meet your expectations, you hate them. That's true, because every trailer... Before that movie came out, was like, go see Superbad 2, the second funniest movie after Superbad 2. Did you like Ben Wilder? Look at this laugh ride. Did you like Waiting? Yeah! This is gonna be awesome. And then you get there, and it's this fucking dour, really awkward drama. I'm like, what the fuck? They should have just cut out Bill Hader scenes and just, just been like, this is a drama. Don't even think you're gonna laugh at this movie. So, yeah. Adventureland was super disappointing. It was super different than what I thought it was, but I still liked it nonetheless. However, I do not like the casting of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. And uh, I don't necessarily feel like I am a um, an internet hater that, that the way maybe some people tend to be. Um, I'm saying, who would those people be? Who would those people be? Do you think that I am an internet hater? No, I think calling me an internet hater. I did not say that. I I said other people. It was implied. You both know that it was implied. Okay, uh, so you feel you're not an internet hater? Would you like to expound upon that? Yeah, because I, I hate what I don't like. I don't hate just based on what's on the internet. Oh, okay. Give me an example of when I was an inter- internet hater, and I will dispute it. Um, do you re- do we want to get into all this right now, or do we no, want... Give me a quick one. Um, give me a quick one. Gal Gadot. You don't like her for the same reasons I don't like her. Hey, so we're talking about you. you. We're talking about you right now. We're not talking gotta, about me. Alright, I think my reasons for not being happy about Gal Gadot are valid reasons, not just, you know, what, what, what makes my not liking her specifically internet hate? Because I haven't seen the movie yet? Because then that's all, all of us do on this, on this podcast, is internet Internet, hate. yeah, right. I, I, I like that. a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is kind of the nature. Maybe I, it's I, the viciousness that you attach to your hate. Viciousness or passion? And I don't—I wasn't vicious about Gal Gadot. No, was, you weren't. Well, I mean, I'm busting your chops a little bit. Haters gonna hate. Hashtag. Well, haters hate dumb Star Wars shit that's dumb, but that's fair. Everyone does but you. But Gal Gadot, like that's we, not we true. All agree. Uh, the internet fanboys are the haters. The outspoken minority. I don't think the haters of the prequels are a minority. Um, I would say that the sales figures beg to differ. I don't know. I think that I the movie Skyline did really well at the box office. That's Skyline? Ha- yeah, you never heard know of it. what it is. It's generally held as a piece of garbage. 
that the blue movie box office too with uh, Batista and Dexter. Was it the like the aliens with the blue Something shit? Like that, yeah. No, that was no. a huge flop. I'm trying to think of some internet hate that you might have had. Some good justified internet hate. Um all my internet hate's justified because I have a specific reason for it. I just don't not like things because I don't not like them. That's fair. Why don't you like this casting decision? We'll make her. Well, I let me make my point because I'm the real hater here. Because uh, I was saying that I don't feel like you're I more, traditionally. You're more a lover than a hater. I would, yeah, I would say you so. Generally, go in positive about everything. Except for Spider-Man, right? Yeah, except, I don't know. Except for yeah. Amazing Spider-Man one, yes. Uh, but, I, but even no, even before that, you weren't. You hated it after you saw it. What's that? Amazing Spider-Man one. That's true. Yeah. Did you really go in hating it? No, or just no. Indifferent? I came out yeah. not liking okay. it. Okay. I was indifferent going in and came out liking it. I thought I would like it because I thought it was too. It, you know, we talked about it before. You know, the reboot was too close, no, no, unnecessary, all that stuff. And it turned out that it refreshed the franchise, I thought. Yeah, I went in the same way. So, um, yeah, typically I feel like I'm usually pretty fair and open and, and trying not to judge stuff before I see it, whatever. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was that way with the Ben Affleck casting. Um, I mean, you can name any any casting, whatever. But yeah, honestly, I haven't met anybody in real life that disliked the Ben Affleck. It, it, it is all internet hate. Everybody that I talked to either was able to be convinced and brought around by just logic or already was on board with it. Have, have you guys talked to anybody in I would real say, life that was like, this fucking yeah. sucks? Yeah, I talked yeah. to some people that didn't like it. Uh, usually they're a, a bit more disconnected from like comics and yeah. stuff like that. They maybe will see the movie or read a headline and just automatically, oh, I don't like Ben Affleck, it's going to be stupid. So yeah, I did... Uh, run into some people like that. Although I also think that some people at the Comic Con with the um, with the Affleck uh, bat shirt that that oh, young yeah. Dominic Yossi was wearing uh, got some some negative reactions. I think here and there. There was one really hot chick that was uh, mad about it. And well, she's like allowed it. to be. She was allowed to be. She was pretty sexy, so it was okay. So okay, w- with all this in mind, usually I'm pretty open minded, but. I cannot get into this casting. Uh, I actually found out about this casting through my my dear friend Paul. You may have heard of him, Paul McGinty. This one, yeah. And um, he told me about it, and I was I was appalled immediately. And and I decided to play a little game. Uh, it's called. Think of any other actor on the planet, and yes, they are a better choice than than Jesse Eisenberg. And I'm serious. This is like a legit game, and it works. It's like a magic trick. We can even just use the the actors in the social network. Let's go. Andrew Garfield, better Lex Luthor? Yes. Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Yes. That is a good game. Woody Harrelson. Yes. Yes. Whoa, that would be great. Like, the first actor that comes to mind, random actor. Adam Driver, yes. I don't even know who that is, but yes, he's better. Adam Sandler. The guy that's... Yes. The guy that's not Walter White in Breaking Bad. 
uh, Jesse. Right? Oh, what's his place? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yes. Samuel Jackson. Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be about a wash, right? Jonah Hill. Yes, he'd be better. I mean, come on. This is really bad casting. Um, there's nothing... He's not menacing enough or maniacal enough to be interesting. He's certainly not imposing enough to, to instill fear. He... I never looked at Lex Luthor as an annoying character, but I, I fear that's what we're going to get. Because frankly, I've never seen Jesse Eisenberg act any other way but like Jesse Eisenberg. I agree. And he does Jesse Eisenberg quite well, I will say. You mean he does Michael Sarah quite well? Well, I think that that's a little bit of an unfair stigma. We had but- this discussion this weekend. He is the unlikable prick version of Michael Sarah, mm-hmm. where Michael Sarah is uncomfortable and charming. This dude is just a schmuck and thinks he's the shit. Yeah, he is a little bit of a douche. Um, yeah, every time I see interviews or anything with him, like even on, you know, he just comes off as a prick. Every time I every time I see him, he just seems like he's he's better than. In any, any role he's in. And I never really thought that, that Lex Luthor was, like, that fast of a talker. But apparently he's going to be a real fast talker. Well, that, that's my biggest problem with the casting since it's had some time to settle since we weren't able to do a podcast last week. <coughs> Is that it's his, it's his voice. It's the way he speaks. His delivery. The, the cadence of you yeah. know, his, his delivery. Like, I don't think that's something... He can get out of his acting. That's I, just how he is. I would agree with that completely because I've never seen him in anything where that was different. The Social Network, Zombieland, Adventureland, anything that says land in it. That I think is Candyland. So movie. I think we know what the, this is going to be. Superman, Superman Land. land. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's what's going to be the trigger that pulls me out of this movie watching him do that. Because there's a pretty convincing picture online with the, when he's bald. It's actually, he looks pretty imposing in it. And he looks pretty good. But I, I think as soon as he opens his mouth to speak, it's going to be like, ooh, that guy. Yeah, the physical nature of Lex Luthor. I want animated series, bulky, scary Lex Luthor. Smart Lex Luthor, but... You know, yeah, yeah, he has also, some weight. I also like. I want to be afraid of Lex, and I don't. I don't know if Jesse Eisenberg's going to be able to pull that off. That's why, honestly, I mean, The Rock would have been great for this. The Rock isn't scary at all. The Rock nope. is so cuddly and lovable. You haven't seen Fast and the Furious movies. You mean where he played Roadblock? Who's okay. that? I just pulled up a picture of Jesse Eisenberg. As Lex Luthor in a in a fan made movie poster, and I might be eating my words as I yeah. as I say. But this. it doesn't even look like no, him. Though. They, it, it looks like they look changed. Like it looks like they changed his brow. They did. You think they photoshopped him a bit? Yeah, yeah. That's, that and I don't think that's his body. You know, but the I mean? second picture when you Google image him, I think is I think that's that actually him bald. Yeah. That looks pretty good. But as soon as he opens his mouth to speak, you're gonna be like. Oh, that's Jesse Eisenberg. He talks like Michael Sarah. 
What do you think prompted this casting maneuver? There better be something in this script and in this movie that makes Jesse Eisenberg make sense. What could that possibly be? I don't know, but it, it has to be in there. Are they officially changing this movie to like Justice League movie or something like that? Because they're at, it seems. Are they adding the Flash? I keep hearing that. I don't know. Every well, I've heard they're adding Martian Manhunter. Like, there's so many, there's so many rumors going around. And Kevin, it's, it's actually the latest rumor that concerns me more than Jesse Eisenberg being cast. Is that like he's going to be some street punk kid that has like a tattoo sleeve? And, the, like, well, he, well, and that's how he comes up. What's wrong with that? That's how he uh, street comes up through, you know, he comes up from the gutter and builds LexCorp. And that, that'll create a contentious relationship with him and Bruce Wayne because Bruce just inherited his money, but Lex earned his. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. You can do all of that nice character development with a actor that looks like traditional Lex Luthor. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why they decided to go with Jesse Eisenberg, but you know, I hope they're right. My one of my problems with it is that for a lot of the general public, the internet haters, really, um, basically since Ben Affleck, all of the casting decisions that have been made have been met with um, trepidation at best. Yeah. I kind of felt like after the Gail Gadot casting, which did anybody really say awesome, perfect casting, I felt like you would really try to follow it up with something that, that can get everyone excited and talking about it in a positive way because it's been one negative casting decision after another and I mean – Granted, this movie's like two and a half years out. That's a long time, but there's a lot of just kind of negative vibes on this thing already. It almost feels like they're making decisions for that internet backlash. I know they wouldn't be. To, to like spite the people that they know are going to hate yeah, them. They're, they're like, like, oh, oh Ben Affleck. You didn't like is, Ben Affleck? Well, well, what do you think of this? There you go, Gal Gadot. You don't like that? Well, you're going to really hate this. <laughs> it feels like they're doing that. With each subsequent news that comes out about this movie like i get less and less excited you know i jumped all over you the last time we talked about it because i thought i thought that was a little bit of your internet hate right there because you hadn't seen it you're hating on it you're just hating casting but i'm starting to like i'm not i'm not saying what you're saying but i can see like this is losing momentum at this point but i will say that Part of that is because we're saying this is a Batman Superman or Superman 2. We don't know. Mm. If this ends up being the Justice League movie, which is what Kevin Smith seems to think that it is, that they're basically backdooring a a Justice League movie and, you know, without saying we're making a Justice League movie, uh, which I don't really understand the secrecy, but it is starting to kind of feel that way. Um Maybe some of these decisions by cramming so many characters in is starting to make sense. I mean, we are so far away. So many things can happen between now and then. Um, <laughs> you know, they could even make they could even make a Batman movie and have it released before this thing. You know, they're gonna have to. There's so many hurdles that they're gonna have to overcome. Now, you, I think you can have one questionable casting choice. 
and you can bring fans around. But at this point, if we even throw Ben Affleck in, which I think is unfair, but some people out there think it's a questionable move, that's three of the main characters that people are going to have to come a long way around to get behind this movie and, and feel differently about it than they are now. So um, let's not let's not slip the casting of Jeremy Irons as Alfred under the rug. That that was some uh, quality casting. It's, it's one small step in redeeming a lot of questionable decisions. Is Jeremy Irons going to grow a mustache? Because, as the McSauce podcast listeners know, it's all about hair, facial it, hair, head hair, head hair, pubic hair. Ron Weasley's firebush. <laughs> McSauce, where hair counts. I don't think Jeremy Irons is going to grow a mustache. I think we're going to get stubbly Jeremy Irons. I want Jeremy Irons to have a mustache, and I want them to shave his head like Lobot. And I want him to look like he does on the animated series or in the comic books. Here's a picture on IMDb, some... Mustache Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we can do it. Low bottom up. Well, Let's get this thing done. We thought John Blake could have been Dick Grayson too, and they didn't do that. So don't get your hopes up for that sweet mustache. So, believe it or not, there have there has actually been actual comic book news in the world since the last time we gathered here at McSaw Studios. All those two weeks ago. Granted, we've only talked about movies and television, but the actual devices that have inspired all of this wonderful media for us, the, the, the paper substances out there, the, the, the reason why we trek to the comic book stores every single Wednesday night, there is news, and it's big news. And it has to do with maybe one of the biggest superheroes ever. Maybe some of the biggest comic book creators ever. And maybe even the greatest comic book company ever. Right, Paul? Absolutely. Well, I think we determined that here on the McSauce Comic Book we Podcast. We did. I think it won, what, was like 5 to 1? 5 or it was to a, 2. 5 what, to 2. It was a trouncing. It was a trouncing. Which we probably should revisit at some point. But DC Comics has announced that that the great Jeff Johns will be heading up the is it the regular Superman title or is the it regular act- Superman Superman title, title. Uh, and he will be assisted by the phenomenally talented and long tenured legendary artist John Romita Jr. who, to my knowledge has been a Marvel guy, like, his whole career. I could be wrong on that, but I have never known him to draw anything outside of Marvel. I know that he did a Punisher-Batman crossover, and his Batman was actually kind of badass, but I can't think of any other uh, DC characters that this guy has drawn. No, he he followed in the footsteps of his dad, who was also a Marvel guy. And what was his dad's name? John Romita, Sr. Who I consider to be the best Spider-Man artist. John Romita Jr. was a pretty amazing Spider-Man artist in his own right. He, he did two... draw amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
That's terrible. I know. Superman, since the New 52 has started, has been abysmal. It has been the, a giant toilet in DC Comics. It has been garbage. It's been a Ferguson. That's a deep cut. That's from an episode of Married with Children. Sounds familiar. For all of those fans of... Do you remember that one? I don't remember. Paul? It's, it it's the, when Al was building his bathroom, he was all excited because he got his new toilet and he got a Ferguson. And these are like the best the, toilets the that there are. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make a like almost apologetic flushing sound. It, it goes bah whoosh. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't even count it as a Ferguson because that's too high quality for how oh, okay. Superman's been treated okay. at DC Comics. What do you not like about the new 52 version of Superman? Pick something. Yeah, name it. And I don't like it. I don't like that he's not working at the, the Daily Planet, that him and Cat uh, Grant are working on their own blog called Cat Clarkopolis. Are you fucking kidding? Cat Clarkopolis? Um, Lois Lane's essentially non-existent in the book. Uh, there's some deep under the earth lab that's taken place of like Cadmus or Starlight. The origin of Superman's costume, the look of Superman's oh. costume is maybe the worst aspect of all, oh, which I want to talk about. Uh, because earlier in the week, I was having uh, unrecorded conversations. How dare you? About Ian to Paul. Wow, that's um, every Tuesday. And. We were discussing how much I hated Superman's costume, and I'm sorry. I I thought that I could get used to it with the priest collar. I can't. It needs to go back to the Superman that's on your shirt. It really does. I don't care that it has Samson-like briefs on the outside. That's just what Superman fucking wears. I'm sorry. That's what he wears. He doesn't have a collar. The cape is tucked into his overly wide collar so that way his Henry Cavill pubic chest hair can sprout out like a like an out of control garden which is what we like here exactly i don't like the armor nature i mean if a character ever didn't need armor it's superman um just let it be cloth for god's sakes I'm it looking, doesn't have to be shiny i'm looking at ramita's take on this new superman the only thing that I like that I think they should keep is the 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 shape of his belt is not, you know, the oval shape. It's It's been it, like that since they launched the new fifty two. Yeah, I I I'm just saying that that's the only thing in this design that I like. Looks like the S is a little more classic, um Superman, because the S in the redesign of the New 52 is a little bit more angular. So one of the points I was making about why I think the costume doesn't work is because as a whole, and I think we've discussed this before, but as a whole at um, DC with all these character redesigns with the New 52, just a handful of people design the costumes rather than letting the company grow naturally and organically with all these different creators amassing to create all these different characters with their own unique looks that come from different periods and time and influences. These two or three dudes sat down and were influenced by the exact same shit, the same creators, and they came up with really similar looking fucking costumes. And I'm referring specifically to the Justice League. It's Honestly, it's a travesty. It shouldn't happen. There was nothing wrong with Superman's costume. Of all the costumes that didn't need touched, 
Superman's was far and away the one that didn't need touch. I'd rather than use the Man of Steel costume than the current one. The Justice League costumes look like Nike got the contract to make all their uniforms. It looks like, like, no, it looks like the guy that has the contract for the Seattle Seahawks uniforms. (laughs) World champion Seattle Seahawks. The world champion. Yeah, every costume has the thin lines that make everything look like, you know, it's just a bunch of, like, plates all put together. But that's all stuff that we hate about this. What do we like about this move? Jeff Johns, your favorite writer of all time, dare I say? Well, Jeff Johns has already written some Superman, and I think it's been really hit or miss. He did uh, the last, Last Sun... Where they, right around when, Super, I guess, Superman Returns came out, and they tried to introduce Superman's son into into the comics. He and uh, he co-wrote it with Richard Donner, and uh, Adam Kubert did the art. Bad art, by the way, from a guy that's known for better stuff. That, that whole arc was kind of rough, but then he really brought it back with Gary Frank. Uh, he did a Legion of Superheroes arc. Only time those characters have ever been interesting. He did the Brainiac art where they killed... Hawkant, that was fantastic. So I don't really know what to expect for, and that was all pre New Fifty Two. So now we're going with this brand new Superman. His parents are, are are already both dead. Those other stories seemingly never happened. But I, I really wait. Which stories never happened? The but, ones I just talked about: the Legion and Brainiac and Last Sun or Rising Sun or whatever. On the strength of those stories being as powerful as they were, those are some of my favorite Superman stories that I've read in the past ten years. Um, so, and it really turned me around on the character. Just speaking for that, I'm excited for this. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of what helped those Gary Frank stories is that he he drew Christopher Reeve. His Superman is Christopher Reeve, and for our generation, that's that only helps it. Right. I'd like to think what DC's doing with this with this move is they're like, a Superman sucks. We fucked up Superman. We need to we need to fix this character. He's supposed to be our flagship character. We need to make him better. How do we do that? You get arguably the creator, you know, the the best writer at DC right now outside Scott Snyder. Put him on the book, and you get a giant coup by pulling John Romita Jr. from Marvel to put on that book. So I, I I'm nothing but excited for it. It can't be any worse than what Scott Lobdell has done. Which is take a giant steam shit all over the Man of Steel. So it it, it it can't be any worse than it has been. The giant steamy shit. High over the, the Man of Steel. This Superman's probably been worse than Grant Morrison's Red and Blue Superman from the late nineties. Did, Did you, you ever read any really of that? Fucking bad. Did you read any of that Red and Blue stuff? Um, a very small sample. Did you read? Grant Morrison's action comics, or when you did initially, right? I did, and for about two episode, two issues, it was great. Yeah, and then it got fucking nuts. Right. How long till you checked out? Six. Really? Seven issues. Yeah. In other people' time, that's two, because I checked out after two issues. Yeah. 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 I, like the, the whole well after after Morrison left, like they put Scott Lobdell in charge of the whole. Superman universe. I yeah. Don't know why the fuck did why do does that? he get to write fucking anything? I don't know. They did the whole Hell on Earth thing where they brought 
like a Brainiac guy, but it's not really, or not Brainiac. They brought um, like a Bizarro guy named Hell, H apostrophe E L. Mm-hmm. He even had like a Superman logo scarred into his chest. But That's it wasn't. Badass. That Bizarro. sounds like Lobdell all over it. Oh, it was, Superman's in bad shape. I really hope this is DC's first step in maybe bringing some of that old character back. You know, I can appreciate trying to make things more modern because, yeah, these costumes do, even the classic ones, evolve ever so slightly over the years. Just look at the, like, there's like a kind of a flow chart or something of um, the Superman costumes over the years and the S and how that's evolved. And, yeah, it stayed relatively the same, but... There are slight variations. I just feel like they tried to somewhat unnaturally update it. Like without it being more of an evolution, they tried to just kind of make it a revolution. Do you and, do, do either of you know anyone who has been crying for them to get rid of the underpants? No. No. I have never heard anyone say, we need, we need to get rid of the underpants. They're, they're terrible. Get rid of the underpants. I've never even heard that about Batman. Like I, I, I feel like that was it was maybe non-comic fans, maybe just the general public, maybe Jim Lee heard someone on the on the the bus say, "Oh, he's wearing his underpants on the outside," and then they flipped out and they had to get rid of the underpants. New rule, everybody: no underpants on the outside. Under the I, I off the Madonna no, rule. No, no problem with it. You know? The underpants. I think represented a, a different time. Like they were inspired by what muscle men of the, of the forties. Yeah. And you know, now that it's 2014, they really don't have a place in, in the modern world. Uh, but somehow it makes sense. It looks good. It, it looks the good. Character it, up and, yeah. And the, the single leotard piece with a belt, no less. It doesn't even indicate that there's pants. I would almost rather you give them red pants. Rather than one full blue leotard, I would I would even have them go to you know the first action comics when they started, just blue Superman T-shirt, jeans, and a cape. You would really prefer that, a Superman as opposed to go this? to yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I thought that was a really cool way to get that well, character started. Yeah. yeah, that's a cool way to get him started. And I always but... liked the pre-New Fifty Two Connor Kent's outfit, which was the black shirt, red red S jeans. Man. Because that's, that's yeah. all that character needs. Then you're a big fan of Logan's jacket, jeans, cowboy hat style. Doesn't bother him. Because, like, those characters don't need armor. They don't need this, like, Kryptonian technology. Well, I'm with you on giving Superman the t-shirt for those, like, origin issues. But once he's established as Superman, a... he needs his costume. So you'd, you'd rather him have this current costume than that. Then the T-shirt as as Superman, yeah, I would. I mean, he he has to have a costume, and I don't even like the current costume. You so can't yeah. fight Darkseid in a T-shirt and jeans. I think that the character should speak strongly enough for himself that you can fight Darkseid in a T-shirt and jeans. Oh, and on that, that, car- mode. that car- all the new co- well half of what the new costume is is a fucking cheat to explain how he changes. Because now it changes color. It can be whatever he wants. He takes off his shirt. It's not a Superman shirt. It's just a white t-shirt. And Isn't he, it 
Sounds like Iron Man almost. <laughs> the current Iron yeah, Man. it's essentially yeah. like a nanotech suit. Whenever he wants it to be the Superman costume, that's what it changes into. The cape forms itself. That's weak. Yeah. Why would a character that's faster than a speeding bullet and can go and make that quick change anywhere, be it telephone booth or because the writers, men's restroom? Because the writers don't like having to write that. And this is an easy cheat. Those lazy bitches. And that's the moral of the story for this week on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Maybe if, if we can all stay healthy, <laughs> we'll have another episode next week. More stuff for us to hate on. Exactly. Or love. We did a good bit of loving <laughs> as well today. That, that's what we do. We're, we're salty and sweet. Hard and soft. Hard and soft. My name's Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. Sense though.